Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. We appreciate all the First Bank does for our program, and uh, we thank you for joining us this afternoon. Whether on a Super Talk affiliate in Mississippi or online, wherever you've tuned in, welcome to the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. What a great place to enjoy a great weekend meal. Uh, I would suggest picking some up, taking it home Friday night, and uh, sitting down and watching Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss Baseball. Uh, they're open seven days a week. They'll cater any event for you, large or small. So the next time you have a taste for barbecue, be sure it's Dickie's Barbecue right here in Hattiesburg. We'll have Kelly Sander on the show later. Going to be talking about a new NCAA transfer rule that could be very problematic for a lot of schools. But first, we've been looking forward to this. We've got a broadcast legend on the show today, and and we use the term for ourselves, broadcasters, very loosely. But Dave Nitz is the real deal. He's been the voice of Louisiana Tech uh, athletics since 1974 and uh, recently announced that uh, at the conclusion of baseball beginning next year, uh, he's going to step aside. Uh, they're going to bring in a new football and basketball announcer, and Mr. Nitz will continue to uh, do the play-by-play for Louisiana Tech baseball. So, first of all, uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on our show. 46 years, over 4,000 Louisiana Tech baseball and football and basketball games. You started it all in 1974. What uh, what made you decide to step back, so to speak, Mr. Nitz? Well, uh, please just call me Dave. Uh, right. I feel I feel right. bad when people call me Mr. Nitz, you know. But All anyway, right. uh, I, I just felt like it was time, you know. I, I've I've been doing all three sports, uh, you know, for those forty six years, and uh, and on top of that, I did thirty six years of minor league baseball. So uh, you know, I, and I I stepped aside from that back in uh, two thousand seventeen. I finished up uh, doing minor league baseball, and you know, I just I just felt like it was time. I just felt like it was time to maybe step aside and and let somebody else take the take the reins. I'm going to still do baseball. That's my first love anyway, so I, I'm going to continue to do that. But uh, other than that, I we'll just see how it goes from there. Where did you get the nickname Freeway Dave? <laughs> well, the Women's basketball coach at uh, Tech, Leon Barmore, gave me that nickname. We were on a trip to, uh, this was back when I was doing both men and women's basketball. So, uh, you know, it uh, it goes back a ways. But uh, we were in Los Angeles, and the uh, first time I'd been in L.A. And so I rented a car, and, uh, and uh, the old saying is that I, I had unlimited mileage, and I exceeded that during that week. <laughs> and I got on the freeways, and I just started driving. You know, I said, well, you know, I, I've heard about, uh, you know, uh, 
places in in Los Angeles uh, where they you know the Coliseum where they play football and UCLA and at Poly Pavilion and of course we played it we were going to play at Poly Pavilion during that week and uh, I just took off and started driving I just uh, so Leon Leon came up with uh, uh, he came up with a poem called the Ballad of Freeway Dave <laughs> and, and uh, I said well, I, w- I need to get a hold of that uh, those lyrics and get them to a, a friend of mine Tom T Hall Tom T Actually, it was the first job I ever had in radio in Spencer, West Virginia, and he was the program director. I said I need to get those lyrics to him because he's he's good at putting stuff together like that. But I just have never done it. Maybe I'll have time to do it now since I'm not doing football and basketball. I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm not doing the games, you know. But we'll uh, we'll see. All right. Uh... Get in here, Luke. We've got a broadcast legend on the show with us. Well, I don't know. I don't the know youngest about, member. I don't, about, I don't know about a legend now. I don't know about that. I, I just consider myself just a just a poor old radio broadcaster that's been doing it for a while. Well, you've been doing it longer than I've been alive, and I and I'm, oh, I'm hesitant to call you this, but that's your request, Dave. There we go. So I didn't call you Mister, but but Dave, you know, early on, you talk, we talked about 1974 starting out. You were actually the assistant SID for Louisiana Tech in 1970 and 1980. I mean, what, you didn't have any. There's no such thing as spare time in the life of Dave Nitz during that time. Well, no, and and on top of that, I was also the. Uh, I also worked with the radio station on campus. I was their advisor, so to speak, and I did that for, I guess, about 15 years during that time, along with being the, uh, uh, you know, working with uh, Keith Prince and uh, Sports Information, being assistant Sports Information. So I did all of that at that time, and so I kept I kept pretty busy, to say the least. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing that that I was interested in, and in, you've seen, not just with with basketball and baseball, but but with football, Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech go way back playing uh, playing football. And uh, I think the first game was like back in 1935. You started calling them in 1975. 21 games between Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. You called. They didn't play from '92 to 2010, and so you kind of saw Southern Miss during the high, highlights of. You know, Reggie Collier and Sammy Winder and some of those guys, as well as, you know, you've kind of seen both sides of, of Southern Miss. You actually called a, a game. I think Favre played in a, in a game you called. And you've just kind of seen uh, Southern Miss football with Louisiana Tech in, in about four different decades. Right. And, uh, yeah, there have been some great battles. I mean, there's been some great games during the years between Tech and Southern Miss and, and football and in basketball. I mean, you know, if uh, – I've, I've been to a lot. I've seen a lot of those games too. So it's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good rival. I think I'm glad that Tech and Southern Miss are now in the same conference together. I think I think it's good for both teams because uh, you know both teams have fans that will travel. You know, Southern Miss tra- fans will travel to Ruston to see games, and Tech fans will travel to Hattiesburg to see games. So uh, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, so I think. I think it's good for both teams and both schools to have uh, this uh, this rivalry uh, between the two teams and being in the same conference together. 
Really Im- impossible to, to answer this next question, but one of them, just give us one of them. What's been one of the most special calls or moments in uh, the 47, 48 years of calling Louisiana Tech? Doesn't matter what sport it is. Uh, probably one of them was beating Alabama at Legion Field. And, uh, you know, the last was the last second win. And actually, our our quarterback at that time uh, uh, he had, he went out with an injury. We brought in a backup quarterback, uh, Stallworth, and he threw a pass to Sean Cangelosi in the end zone in the last few seconds of the game to win that game over Alabama. And I thought that was probably matter of fact. There's a guy, a professor at Notre Dame, that wrote a book, the 100 greatest calls in college football and uh, that call is actually on a disc in the back of that book he inserted it and has a full full paragraph or a full chapter on that particular game in which we came back and won it and uh, it was just you know one of the one of the biggest highlights of my career calling that game and then I guess it was a couple of years later we beat Alabama again in Tuscaloosa, and uh, so it uh, you know that we had some great you know a couple of interesting games with Alabama in football during those years. And like I say, you know, with with Southern Miss, like you say, you know, mentioned uh, uh, Brett Favre, and I, I could remember the people in the stadium at Hattiesburg had a sign up something about. Uh, uh, about Tech and Southern Miss and said, I think the week prior to that one game, Southern Miss had beaten Alabama in Tuscaloosa or Legion Field. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, some of the fans had some signs up about that. You know, you know, here, here's little Louisiana Tech. We just beat Alabama, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, l- l- well, let me clarify that for you, Dave, because I was at both games. They had just okay. beaten Bear Bryant in uh, Tuscaloosa. And uh, we thought we were the king of kings, and Louisiana Tech came into the rock and humbled us severely the very next week. So, uh, right, right, you're exactly right, right about that. <laughs> That's exactly but, uh, right. You know, it's it, it's a good rivalry, and I think it, it's something that uh, could, continues to live on and should live on. You know, with two two schools uh, in all in all sports. Right, you know, I agree. You know, All right, but, we're talking to Dave Nitz, the play-by-play voice of Louisiana Tech, and that, of course, leads us into the next conversation on the other side of the break, and that's the big weekend baseball series uh, coming up on Friday between the two schools, the new baseball stadium uh, at Louisiana Tech University. Just a lot of excitement in the air about the showdown this weekend, and we'll look forward to getting uh, Dave Nitz's insight on that when the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. And want to encourage you to buy your Southern Miss apparel right there on Hardy Street, 
Monday through Saturday. They're open every day. You can also shop online at campusbookmark.net. You can call them and they'll pick out your help you pick out your stuff and they'll mail it right to your house. Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. We're talking to Dave Nitz, a longtime play-by-play voice for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And that leads us, uh, Dave, to this weekend. There is a lot of national attention, I think, going to be focused uh, on Ruston this weekend. And I I personally think the uh, Western Division of Conference USA Baseball will in all likelihood be decided uh, this weekend. Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech, arguably the two best teams in the league, playing each other eight times in a span of three weeks. Your thoughts about that? Well, you know, you look at this and you look at the conference. Charlotte and Old Dominion are atop the Eastern Division, and they're getting ready to play each other eight times within a two-week period. Isn't that crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is just the way it worked out. I mean, who who would have thought that would have happened? And then Tech and Southern Miss, you know, played a couple of weeks ago in Hattiesburg. Now they're turning around, and the two teams will play in Ruston for a four-game series. And I'm hoping the weather is going to hold off because we, I know we've got forecasts for some rain coming in uh, tomorrow, and we'll just have to wait and see how all that plays out. But, you know, with, <clears throat> with what Tech has done this year, what Southern Miss has done, and we have the new stadium at Louisiana Tech, and I think it, it should be a great, a great weekend, and hopefully the weather will cooperate with us. Uh, and the only thing that won't cooperate with us is we can't have a full house because of the, of the governor mm-hmm. stating that uh, you can only have 50% of capacity, which means that within the stadium itself, a little over 2,000, so that means probably a 1,000 we, we can only see the game inside. So we have a lot of people that are out beyond the left field fence and the right field fence just standing and watching about that well tell us tell us just a minute about the new stadium and and what southern miss fans that make the trip over there this weekend are going to see well it's 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 a beautiful stadium it's like i say it seats right at 2000 maybe a little bit more and uh, it's on the same location as the old jc love field at pat patterson park which i'm glad they did because you have the background of the apartments student apartments beyond the left field fence and they're they're hanging out up there, all three stories, you know, watching games. And then on the right field fence, we have a place called the kennel, where uh, students uh, have to show their ID to get in there. And it's standing; all they can do is stand and watch the games. So it's uh, it's the same location as the old J.C. Love Field at Pat Patterson Park, and uh, it's just a uh, it's a great atmosphere. Uh, you know, we had. Uh, we had Alabama in, for, not Alabama, Arkansas in for three games, and the place was packed, you know, as much as you could get in the stadium itself and the standing room only, both left field and right field. And the Ole Miss series, same thing. Or we had just the one game. Ole Miss, I think, uh, because of COVID-19, they only played the one game at Tech. And uh, so you're just going to have to – a lot of people are going to stand and watch. And uh, – Matter of fact, the Arkansas fans and the Ole Miss fans actually bought season tickets for the Louisiana Tech game so they could sit and and watch those games. And they've gone out and sold their tickets they have left for for games to both uh, any schools that come in. So it's it's.
kind of right. unique that one one team would buy uh, buy tickets to be able to watch their teams play and then turn around and sell what tickets they had left over for the other teams, you right. know, whether you know, it would be Southern Miss or whoever it might be to play. Right. Uh, fair to say probably that those Ole Miss people that did that regretted that after the skull dragging uh, that they observed uh, at the hands of Louisiana Tech? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> what they do, they just held on to those tickets and then sold them for what they wanted to sell them for to, to other schools that came in to play. So well, what a year. You've got Arkansas there. you got Ole Miss there for a game. Should have been two, but whatever. They play one right. game. you got Southern Miss coming in. For, COVID got the save. Yeah, got the Remember save. Remember that, Bob. Got four. And then you're going to have the Conference USA tournament there. So uh, what a year, right, for Louisiana oh, it, Tech baseball. It has been. And, you know, with the team playing the way they are, ranked 13th or 14th in the country, depending on what polls you look at. And really, Southern Miss, I think, you know, with what they've done, I think they should be ranked in the top 25 also. But uh, I don't think they are right now. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a great weekend, a great series. And I think it'll be similar to the one in Hattiesburg. I know there was one game where Southern Miss won about, I think it was 10-4 to 4 or 10-6, to 6, something like that. But other than that, I think pitching is going to be the key to the game. I right. think both all four games. Right. And both teams have good starting pitching, and uh, uh, that's what it's going to be all about. Who's who's going to have the best pitching during that uh, four-game weekend series? And like you say, then then the conference tournament is going to be at Tech on right. top of that. Right. So it's it should be a lot of fun, right. to say the least. Well, who'd you say got that save, Luke, in that second Louisiana Tech Ole Miss game? COVID got the save in that one because I, Dave, I didn't understand that how you guys played on Tuesday and kicked their tail, and then mysteriously they're not going to play 24 hours later. We just joked on this show that COVID 19 got the save for Ole Miss so that Tech didn't put it on two nights in a row. Well, uh, it uh, you know it, with the first game series, you know you have you have Stanley pitching for Southern Miss. His record is five and one. You have uh, Jonathan Fincher, left-hander pitching for Tech. He's six and zero, oh, and both of them have you know. Wow. I think I think Stanley and another interesting sidelight to Stanley pitching. His uncle is the track and field coach at Louisiana Tech. <laughs> really? Is that right? I didn't know Story that. Storylines. Yep. Yeah, I everywhere. didn't know that. And there's and there's so much relationship between oh, the yeah. coaching staffs as well, Dave. Yeah, and you know Lane Burrows. Uh, he was an uh, he was an assistant coach at Old Miss, uh, at Southern Miss for I think five or six years, something like that, maybe even longer than that. And now he's the head coach of Louisiana Tech. <clears throat> he recruits a lot of kids out of the state of Mississippi. The junior college league in Southern uh, in uh, in the state of Mississippi is so good, and he he has a lot of connections in the state of Mississippi and. He goes and plucks some of those guys back to come to Louisiana Tech now. Right. Luke? Fincher's been so good, but I wanted to get your, your comments. It kind of surprised me, uh, game three in the in the first series. Cade Gibson, who um, his best two starts of the year was against Ole Miss and against Southern Miss, and he shut the Eagles down. Eagles had three hits in that game. He went a complete game. Eagles never had an answer for him. Um, I, he's, he's looking like he's going to throw game three for you guys this weekend, too. Right. He, he will be a third-game starter. Interesting about Gibson, 
He is from Ruston, played at Ruston High, was a pitcher and a quarterback in football. But he went to LSU Shreveport and then decided to transfer to Louisiana Tech. So he had to sit out a year. Then he had shoulder problems and set out another year. So this past year was the first time in three years that he has actually pitched. And he is, you know, he's a left-hander. And uh, I don't know if he's squirrely like most left-handers are, but (laughs) I always said, you know, they're in a different time zone anyway. But he has really pitched well for us this year. He's been been a good, good starter for us. And uh, now he's, you know, he's three and two, and he's his earned run average a little higher at four point seventy five, but uh, he has been able to hold the reins. And then you have Worf pitching on on Sunday. He's been our Sunday starter. He is six and one with a two ninety two earned run average. Of course, you guys, you know, have uh, besides Stanley, you have Powell, then you have Etheridge, and I guess uh, Boyd will pitch the the fourth game of that yep. series. And, you know, I've talked to Lane about this four-game series. Uh, we used to play four-game series when we were in the Western Athletic Conference. But it was quite a bit different because you'd play a single game on Friday, you'd play a doubleheader on Saturday, but the doubleheaders would be two nine-inning games. Boy, you're talking about strapping it on. <laughs> on Sunday, you had no pitching left at all, basically, in, in, the, in, in the old whack. Nowadays, at least Conference USA has gotten smart and going to two nine-inning games on Saturday, or two seven-inning games on Saturday, which makes it a little more livable than it was. It is, you know, now nowadays you have the two seven-inning games. Back then, the two nine-inning games, well, you just ate up pitching. Sunday, or your head coach just looking around said, "Okay, who can throw the ball from from the mound to the plate?" That's about it. Well, Mr. Nitz, it's been a great conversation. Dave, I'm sorry, but there's been a great conversation with you. I want to congratulate you on a marvelous career. And uh, we will look forward for many years to hearing you do Louisiana Tech baseball and hope you have a great call this weekend uh, with what we think will be a really magnificent uh, baseball series. Well, I I appreciate uh, being on with you guys. And I consider John Cox, who does the Southern Miss broadcast, I think for like 43 years, uh, he and I are close friends, and uh, we always like to sit down and reminisce about the Tech Southern Miss series, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball. So I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right. Thank you, Dave Nitz, everybody. The play-by-play legend from Louisiana Tech University. NCAA stirring up more potential trouble. We're going to talk about that when the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. Absolutely great conversation with Dave Nitz, the longtime play-by-play voice for Louisiana Tech. Football, basketball, and baseball at the end of this year. He will step out of basketball and football and exclusively call baseball. He'll be on the call uh, for this weekend for uh, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. 
talk about that just in a few minutes. Uh, but happy to have you along on this Thursday, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Pork chops today, fried catfish tomorrow, eight ninety five. And again, they will be showing Southern Miss Louisiana Tech games this weekend at 4th Street Bar and Grill. So uh, go out, grab some good food, and watch the Eagles. Fourth one Street one Bar more comment, Luke, about Dave Nitz. Uh, excuse me for interrupting you. One more comment about Dave Nitz. As hard as you and I tried and in good fun, we could not get him to take the bait about Ole Miss, could we? <laughs> he wouldn't do it. He was he's a good man. He's a good man. But as as I was texting with a listener just a minute ago, both of us agreed that anytime we jab Ole Miss on this show, they deserve it more than they anyone knows. They they deserve it. Anyway, yes, uh, Ole Miss got our COVID got the save for Ole Miss. I still don't understand how you play a team, you get skull drug by them, and then you don't play them the next day and COVID gets the save. Anyway, <laughs> Kelly Sander joining us on the phone. Bob, uh, breaking news, the NCAA with another decision. Um, let's, let's get into it. Go ahead. All right, the NCAA Division Council has approved a one-time transfer rule, and as I understand it, it means that this. Athletes now in all sports will be able to transfer once and be immediately eligible to play. Now, that in the past years has not been the case with football, baseball, basketball. If you transferred to another school, you had to set a year out. And that was a that was a real incentive, in my view, to make kids think twice about breaking their commitment. But Kelly Sander, in today's culture, if I don't get my way, I can transfer and I can play somewhere next year. I think we're fixed to see an avalanche of transfers. Yeah, but I think the avalanche of transfers are going to be going to schools that are big and have a lot of money. That's right, right. No question. I think that's absolutely right. It essentially, it essentially, in my opinion, will create what is known in, in the professional markets of sports as a free agent system. Um, so, so players will, will pretty much put their names on the market and say, okay, I'll go to the top bidder, so to speak. And, of course, I'm not talking about financial. I'm just talking about you know playing situations, academic situations. Yeah, I can start for you tomorrow because I don't have to wait now. Right. Your thoughts, uh, Luke? Here's the thing about it, a couple things. It's going to turn college sports into a free agent pool. Right now, right now, before this rule is instituted, as of yesterday, there's 1,400 men's basketball players in the portal right now. That's just one sport. So it's going to turn it into a free agent pool, and if, if the NCAA wants to, quote, police things, because we all know they do that very fairly, um, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop schools from reaching out early to, uh, to to players? How are you? How is the group of five that no one cares about from the NCAA? How are they going to be protected from the Power Five coming in and grabbing late bloomers or the kid that they told at the last second, "Hey, we don't have a scholarship for you." And Heath Hinton texts me. He, he heard that you were uh, you were going to mention this, and he brings up a great point too. They're not going to expand rosters. So where so if you enter the portal, do you really think that that a, a group of or a power five school or another school because nobody's probably it does happen there will be a few that kick back but everybody's going to be looking to move up so they're not going to expand the rosters there's nothing in this announcement that says they're going to expand the rosters so if if you're a kid maybe you start for Southern Miss maybe you start for Louisiana Tech 
Um, and then you don't, you don't like whatever's going on or you're back up there, do you really honestly think you're going to move up? Because who's going to take you? They're not making the rosters any bigger at all. They're, everything's staying the same like this, and I just think it's teaching uh, the next generation of kids we run from our problems rather than face them. Kelly? And then, and then to, to further, you know, there's work coming out of the NCAA today as well, which, which uh, the story that you guys were talking about kind of broke late last night, but breaking today is that the NCAA is uh, contemplating giving yet another COVID year next year. No. So, so um. you could essentially, where, where I did the old-fashioned thing, and I did poorly in school where I was a freshman for three years, mm-hmm. <laughs> athletes now, because of COVID, could potentially you know, have seven years, as it were, of eligibility. No. Seven years. This means Gabe Montenegro could play until he's 42 at Southern yeah. Miss, Kelly. <laughs> he can match his number or whatever, whatever number he's wearing. I mean, at what point do we stop? And again, I am not trying to minimize COVID. I suffered from it. It was awful. It's, it's one of the worst worst times of my life. But but we're at about the point where we've got to stop blaming COVID. For everything. And to, yes. And, yes. and start getting back to, to real life and getting back to real life situations where, you know, COVID should not be giving college athletes essentially three years of extra eligibility. That's just nonsense. Right. Well, it, it, it hurts JUCO and it hurts high school players uh, sure. because, again, there's nowhere for them to land, and it backlogs kind of kind of everything with the MLB draft. You can't move up. and So, yeah, and what, what I'm frustrated about is – and, okay, so let, let me just go ahead and go on the record. If a Trelo shows up at Southern Miss and is allowed to play instantly, I will, I will eat my words again. So I, I do think that Southern Miss can benefit – from this, and I'm not going to stick my head in the sand and just whine and complain and say they can't. So it, it will inevitably happen, and thank and thank goodness that we have head coaches that are well connected that will go out and get those guys when we need them. And Jay Ladner may find him a point guard that can instantly play because of this. What I'm concerned about is is that you get you have a dominating player in a group of five school. And basically what the, the Power Five is going to do, it's going to allow them to sit back and then go pluck the best of the group of five. And I, I'm not sure how the group of five needs to protect themselves in that. We will get a few after this. I just I, I think it's going to hurt more than anything. And I think it's another way of the NCAA just sucking up to the big institutions. That's what I was about to ask you. Don't you think that, guys, it's just another – it's just another, you know, plate of food being handed to the Power Five by the NCAA. It also it also allows an unscrupulous fan base, or quite frankly, some um, some coaches where rules are you know are kind of blurry at times. Um, it, it just allows too much room for impropriety and quite quite frankly cheating. Uh, you know, offering players money. And things like this. Look, you can come over right now. Well, we don't want to. I'm good here. Well, what if I threw this in? Would that change? You know, I'm not saying it would happen. I'm saying it, it leaves an opportunity for an undisciplined fan or coach to act upon those tendencies. Does that make sense? Perfect. Uh, and you can't you can't loosen the rules. You need to make them tighter. But to Luke's point too, the Southern Miss may also 
benefit from it, but it's not necessarily who would benefit or who wouldn't. So Luke, Luke said it earlier, you're sending a message to the next generation of athletes that, well, I don't have to compete. I'll just go to a school where I can start. You know, and it, it, it ruins the, the spirit of competition, which is why a lot of people who leave the athletic arena, so to speak, and go into the business world and do so well because they understand competition. And what have you done for me lately? But unfortunately, in our society, we're going the other direction. Yes. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah, I, I just I don't want to moan and complain and, and whine about it. I, I just uh, I wish there would be some things that would happen that would be obviously for all member institutions, not the uh, the the richest of the rich. Anyway, it's uh, it, it is it is what it is. And kind of changing gears, guys. Talking to uh, to other you know media types across the country, uh, there's been talk about whether Conference USA is going to be a four team. Um, Four-team baseball, you know, the four teams from Conference USA are going to get in the tournament. And and these are from outsiders looking in who don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. And the overwhelming the overwhelming response is that Conference USA will not get four. That there's, uh, that there's a... Yeah, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You've got fans. four in the top 30, and you've got Old Dominion and Charlotte playing each other eight times. And what I'm saying is... We're, we're, we're about to be the recipients of this RPI bubble because their RPI playing eight times against each other will only increase no matter who wins or loses that. And I dare the NCAA. I just, I just dare them, okay? And they don't, don't care who it, I am. Don't say it. I dare them to do it. And what I dare them to do, too, is to place a third or fourth uh, place team in one division of the SEC over – Louisiana Tech. Let me tell you what. Baseball America released their stuff yesterday. Louisiana Tech was going to be like a, a like a fifteen seed, a, a, a fifteen national seed. I dare them to do, take a team in the top ten. I just dare them because I want to ream them on air. They won't hear me, but I just want it for self gratification purposes. I know it's going to happen. I just I still think though we're going to be a four bid league. I, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I hope you're right. All right, when we come back, Kelly wants to talk about Fitz Magic. Is that what I understood, Center? Well, do they play for? We got to talk about play for? at some point. <laughs> we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday on the Eagle Hour. Brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Hardy Street. The website is dbathattiesburg.com. Great facilities, great training. Great people. Go see them at DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, from now, the sunny skies of downtown Laurel, the First Bank Studio. Bob Getty at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. You can always catch the Eagle Hour. If you can't catch us live on supertalklaurel.com or supertalkhattiesburg.com, you can go and listen on demand at either one of those websites or supertalk.fm. And uh, we're on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and the App Store. You can listen to us bloviate about Southern Miss at your pleasure every 
single day. couple news and notes. Men's golf, you know, we told you about how Southern Miss finished second up at the Mountaineer Invitational, sponsored by West Virginia University. Bryce Wilkinson finished second overall, and the Golden Eagle golf team finished second overall. Bryce Wilkinson is the Conference USA co player of the week uh, in golf. He shot a even par uh, four and three rounds up at the Pete Dye Golf Club in Bridgeport, West Virginia. He's the It's the first for Wilkinson and the first for the Golden Eagles since 2019. So Bryce Wilkinson, Conference USA co-player of the week. Softball last night had a dandy going with the Mississippi State. Lady Eagles drop a 3-2 to two decision. Uh, Mississippi State scores uh, and and walks it off in the bottom of the eighth, and uh, Lady Eagles lose three to two. McKenna Pierce went the whole game for the for the Golden Eagles. Uh, Golden Eagles are now twenty and nineteen on the season, and will take on South Alabama next Tuesday. And then it's on out in out in Houston tonight. Lady Eagles take on Rice in the Conference USA semifinals this evening at seven p.m. Lady Eagles never beaten Rice, uh, but looking to, to break that um, tonight. So 7 o'clock tonight out in Houston, Lady Eagles taking on Rice in the semifinals, and uh, I believe you can probably catch that on CUSA.tv. But go get them, Coach Mo. Take care of the Rice Lady Owls tonight, and let's get the Lady Eagles uh, to, to the final. Um, back to something we were talking during the break, uh, Kelly, and we, we talked about you know the possibility that a team may get left out. You don't know what's going to happen with Old, Old Dominion and, and Charlotte. But Old Dominion right now, I'm looking at Warren Nolan, 30 in the RPI, Southern Miss at 23, Charlotte at 21, Louisiana Tech at 8. Southern Miss's RPI this weekend can only improve or stay the same. They can't really fall because uh, unless they get swept. But if the Eagles were to win three this weekend against Tech, they're going to jump up in the teens. Um, and then you would think, Old Dominion, if if a team gets left out down the stretch, Old Dominion has the worst strength to schedule. Southern Miss, uh, Charlotte, and Tech are all in the top 50. Southern Miss is in the top 20. Old Dominion with a strength schedule at 111. Theirs will improve by playing Charlotte, though. And so you almost feel like all four of these teams are going to stay top 30. And I know you say it can can be done, but will the, will, uh, the NCAA leave a top 30 RPI team out when it's all said and done? Uh, and you would you would hope not, but again, talking to because lots of times, uh, as a journalist and somebody who you know hosts radio shows like you guys do, you, you always want to have a, a a check and balance, you know. So I'll ask other radio guys, am, am I seeing this right? Am I letting my emotions, you know, um, overtake me here or what? Um, so they they all said no. I I think you, you see it right, but as a conference. They're looking at three teams, and if based on those numbers that you just went through, Luke, if there was going to be an odd man out, logic would dictate that Old Dominion would be the odd man out, you know, based on, on RPI. Again, we're, we're speculating a lot here that it's only going to be a three-team league. It might be a four-team league. But again, according to the outsiders looking in, they all seem to think that three, yes, four a little bit more iffy. So if, so if, fourth team doesn't get in, which will be the outsider looking in? And based on those numbers, again, that you just said, it should be Old Dominion. But we've been burned so many times over the years, um, more so in, in basketball. You know, I'm taking back to that year that Donnie Tindall's team was 30-5, and five, and not only did not get an NCAA invite, but was a number seven seed in the NIT. So you just, you know, there's only so many times you get burned where you almost don't expect it. 
And I know that that's, yeah. that's kind of negative thinking, but I just, man, I just don't want there to be any doubt that the Eagles are solidly in, regardless of what happens this weekend. Eagles got to, uh, they got to split. Be incredible if they get three this weekend. Um, Bob, Bob, wrapping up. Big show tomorrow. We're going to have Rick Maddox on. He's going to talk more about the foundation that's being set up to help coach, coach Corky Palmer. Mentioned it early in the week. Rick Maddox going to be on tomorrow. And, uh, I, I know we're going to have Applesauce Al on tomorrow. And then mm-hmm. Jack Duggan live from the Love Shack. He's going to do a live report from the Love Shack just four hours, uh, prior to the game. So, uh, Gonna be fun. We'll have a full house tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. We look forward now, to are, it. Now, are, are the B fifty twos going to be singing uh, from? The that would be staff? a great way to to break in the new field, would it not, <laughs> Kelly? Right before yeah. the Conference USA tournament, have the B fifty twos sing "Love Shack" right there on yeah. the field. That would be, well, I wonder if Michael Morgans can work his magic and we can come up with that. Uh, Maybe we could get Michael's band to go over there and play Love Shack for us right before the Golden Eagles play. That would be pretty good, right? I'll yeah. ask him when I get off the air. That sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. All right, that wraps it up. Kelly, we'll get to Fitz Magic tomorrow. He's very anxious to talk about that. Uh, right, Kelly? Who does he play for? He plays for Who the... Who he play, who's for? play for? Kelly, who does he play for? Yeah, that, that team over in Washington. Until tomorrow, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.